Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Hey, so without meaningful relationships, you will live an unfulfilled life, right? You remember in the garden, um, God told Adam, right? God created Adam. He put Adam in the garden. He's in utopia. It's just amazing, right? But God saw that he was all by himself, and God said, this isn't good. Remember after each each day of creation, the Bible says, and the Lord saw that it was good. Until God created Adam. God saw that Adam was all by himself. And God says, this isn't good. And so he creates Eve. And listen, it's a reminder to us that without meaningful relationships, life can be very, very unfulfilling. And listen, just because a relationship is meaningful doesn't always mean it's easy. Right? When you walk in healthy relationships, sometimes it can get messy. Right? When you're being honest with one another, sometimes, and listen, and then the other thing is, in healthy relationships, there's also accountability. I don't always like accountability. Right? Um, people were trying to hold me accountable in the, in, the, in the lobby with the donut holes. I'm like, it's none of your business how many donut holes I eat. I do the budget here. I, well, I didn't really pay for them. You pay for them. But thank you for the, whole, thank you for the donut holes. But relationships can be messy, and in relationships, there's accountable, there's accountability. You know, um, <laughs> there are times when people will come to me and they'll go, I-, I really need to sit down and talk to somebody, but I don't want to come to the church because I don't want anybody to know I'm dealing with anything. Well, that's probably your first problem, <laughs> right? Is that, because listen, we all deal with stuff, right? We all have got our junk, we all have got things to deal with. And so uh, what happens is people want to put on, we want to put on the right face so that people will think we have it all together. Listen, we don't have it all together. Amen. Listen, we're all working through some things. But in church, we learn to put it on. We put on a face and I get it. But there has to be an element or an outlet for vulnerability in our lives. Because if you're not being vulnerable with anybody, then you're. You're keeping yourself from getting healthier than you already are. You're keeping yourself from growing as a person and as a believer. Let me read you Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says this, verses 8 through 12. It says this, there was, ma- there was a man all alone. There was a man all alone. Listen, I believe that loneliness, depression, and anxiety really is a crisis in our culture. I mean, some of that came out of COVID, but I'm just telling you, there is a crisis in our culture of loneliness, depression, and anxiety. It's it's an attack of the enemy. I'm convinced, right? But I think that we partner with him when we isolate ourselves. And as a culture, it's like we're soul sick. People are in isolation, self-preservation, They're by themselves, and they're insulating themselves from others when we need one another. 
In 2020, and this is in COVID, this is a CDC uh, statistic, one out of four, uh, one out of every four people under the age of 30 regularly considered suicide. One out of every 10 of those over 30 regularly considered suicide. Listen, it's being soul sick from loneliness, sick in your mind, your will, your emotions. Today is it small group Sunday because we don't have enough to do around here. No, today is small group Sunday because we all need some element of a group to be a part of. And listen, I hope you sign up for a small group today, but I know that there are plenty of uh, of people. You're already in groups. You have your own Bible studies, or maybe you're in a supper club or whatever. Listen, we need to be connecting with people, connecting with one another. But But it said this, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So he had achieved wealth, but it wasn't satisfying to him. It didn't fulfill the longing in his heart. For whom am I toiling, he asked. Toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of, employ- of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Listen to this. If either of them falls down, can I just remind you, at some point in time, you will fall down. In some way, in some element, it may be big, it may be small, but you will come to a place where you need someone to help you through that moment. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Can I just pause right here? You know, I think that women are better at being vulnerable than men are. Right? Ladies, like, y'all are into telling each other everything. Like, why? Anyway, so, no, that's good. That's really healthy. Um, But men, you know, we're ego-driven. We don't want to admit we don't know what we're doing. Right? People come into my counseling center, and, like, the, the lady calls and makes the appointment. And I'm telling you, you would think that man's coming to have a root canal done at the count. He's like, I mean, just like, I'm like, you don't want to be here, do you? He said, no. He said, no. I, I, I get it. We don't, you don't want to sit in front of me and tell me you don't know how to fix your wife or your marriage, right? But listen to me, men. That may be what comes natural to us, but that is not what is healthy for us. There's got to be some vulnerability. And let me just tell you, we have men's Bible studies literally every day of the week except for Sunday all across the city. If you're not in a Bible study, it's just because you're choosing not to. If you're not in some kind of a group, it's because you're choosing not to. And let me just tell you, your wife needs you to be in a group. Your wife needs you to be honest with somebody and somebody to hold you accountable and you're helping somebody else with some accountability. Your kids need you to be in a group. Your kids need you to be with some guys that are challenging you in your faith, in your walk, in your marriage, in your family. I'm telling you, you need to be uh, a part of a group. And listen, Maybe you're sitting here and you go, I got a group of guys I play golf with. Well, where do they go to church? Oh, they don't go to church anywhere. Well, listen, that's awesome that you're playing golf with those guys. No big deal. But you better not be running to them when you need wisdom for your marriage or your family or your finances. The Bible says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You can be their friend, but you don't need their wisdom. 
You need wisdom from somebody who understands that God has a call on your life and upon your marriage, and God's got a plan for your kids. So also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's me and you and Jesus, right? Listen, I grew up, I mean, I I was born in 1966, so uh, I don't know, probably late 70s. You remember, all you old people, remember the show Cheers, right? Remember the show Cheers? So Cheers for you young people was a show that was, took place in a bar. I don't know what city it was in. I thought Chicago, but I don't know. Boston. Man, y'all are some... some <laughs> like you got the T-shirt. And, like, oh, look, I got the T-shirt. Um, in Boston, in this bar, right? And it was a group of people who would get together, every friends, every evening after work, and then we got to look at their lives, right? And there was this one guy... Every time he walked in the bar, they'd holler out his name. What was his name? Norm. Norm. Oh, my God. Y'all are in church. This is church. <laughs> but cheer, the show Cheers was really a good show, but it had this really cool song that it started off with, Don't Sing It. And certainly when I read these lyrics, don't lift your hands in worship. Right? But it said this, the, the song said this, Making your world in the way today, in the world today, takes everything you've got. I watched a video on social media yesterday of this girl in her late 20s, authentically sobbing, just saying how, how hard life was for her. How she's never been more broke, she's never been more lonely. I was just so moved because there are people in the culture we're living in, in the financial stuff we're living in, in the unrest we're living in, that are just emotionally, relationally, just drained of, of purpose and feel like they cannot make it. And listen, us older people can talk about that younger generation like they were, they're spoiled and they didn't go through, listen, You may be right about all that, but they're still despondent and they're desperate for something. They're desperate for something. And we can complain all we want, but really we should be broken for them to pray for people like that. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Oh, yeah. Right? And then it said... Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. That's cool in the bar there in Boston, but that should be a picture of the church. That should be a picture of the church that when you get here, you you think people are glad you're here. That somebody makes you feel welcome. Can I just tell you, some of us sit next to people in church every week and we don't see them regularly, but we never reach out to them. We never simply pick up the phone and go, hey, I haven't seen you at church. You okay? This should be a place where people are celebrated, people are welcomed. Because all we're doing is partnering with God. 
Listen, the important thing isn't that they're just in this building. The, partner, the important thing is, is that they're in a place where God can move in their lives. It's why we do groups here. It's why today's small group Sunday. Because we want to give you a place where people know who you are. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you literally don't know anybody and no one knows you. We're glad you're here. But I promise you, you would benefit more from what God wants to do here if you just stepped in some element of a relationship with somebody. You know, (laughs) again, I was born in 66. I grew up in a season, in a time. Like I was thinking, I don't know. When I was in elementary school, I I didn't know of one friend whose parents were divorced. Like it was just a different day back then, right? I mean, this is Cajun culture. Everybody had their family. They had their mama and their papa, right? They had their, their aunts and uncles and their cousins. And today, families are so fragmented. Families are so fragmented. I mean, there are maybe some of you who are sitting here and go, I just don't really have much family. The church is more important to you now than ever. Maybe today small groups are more important to you than ever because you need somebody, some group of people that you can connect with. Listen, there are, there are single women here that do life together, right, because they've connected here. Some of you need that. We all need an element of that. Real life change happens in the context of relationships, You know, every once in a while, I hear people say, well, Jesus is all I need. Well, that's true to get to heaven, but it's not true when it comes to living this life down here on earth. But you need somebody you can call. I mean, you can call on Jesus. Don't don't, don't misunderstand me. You know, there are people who they, they don't want to come to church. They just sit there and listen to sermons from all kinds of preachers on TV. That's fine. That's good. That's not that's not a negative. But you need to connect with people. You need to connect with people. Listen, we aren't shaped by information. We are shaped by relationships. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Scott and I went to a funeral. Uh, some of you know Christy Longlinay and also Brooke, Fru- Brooke Swear. It was Christy Longlinay's dad, Brooke Swear's grandfather, passed away very suddenly. And at his funeral, it was a great funeral. But probably the best moment of the whole funeral was when his small group got up and talked about him. He had gone through freedom. Um, uh, if you don't know what freedom is, it's just uh, a, a small group to help you kind of deal with your yesterdays so your tomorrows will be a whole lot better, right? Yeah. And I always tell people, if you don't know what group to get in, get in a freedom group. I promise you it will be amazing. You will, you will grow in relationship, but you will also grow on your own Um, in the things that God wants to do. But his freedom group got up at that funeral, these big old burly men just crying about their friend Gaylord Terrio. And just, I mean, it was amazing. Every single, almost every single person who spoke that day at the funeral talked about how his freedom group literally changed his life. That connecting with those men did something amazing in that man. And even his daughter said, What God did through those men and through that group prepared him for what we're dealing with today. I'm just telling you, you need people in your life. Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says this. So so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually 
members of one another. Listen, we are responsible for one another as a spiritual family. So I want to take you real quick through what's called the Jahari window. This is a, a quadrant. This is a quadrant uh, to help you. Um, in to help people in, in, uh, using coaching and uh, that kind of stuff to simply kind of evaluate your own personal well-being. And I just want, I just want to use that just as uh, these four points right here to help you see some things. The first one is this. Is these, the first quadrant is this. It's the arena. It says, I know and you know. In other words, it's the public us, Right? I know you like you are, like I, I know you, and you know me like I know. I don't really know you, but I know you, right? It's that public side of us. Matthew 23, verse 5 says this. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. The phylacteries were leather boxes that back in biblical times, that men would wear these leather like headbands and there'd be a box in the front and they would fill that box with scriptures from the Torah and then they would wear their hair, make these long braids in their hair and it was their way of telling people I'm spiritual, right? I, I can't do the braids, but I might do the box. I don't know, I'll see. I'll see if I can find the box. But, and it was their way of announcing I'm spiritual. Well, listen to Matthew chapter 23, verse 27, just a couple of verses down. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Because you can look as spiritual as you want, but if you're broken inside, it doesn't matter. And you may fool us, but you're not fooling yourself and you're not fooling God. And let me just tell you, God has something better for you. God wants you to walk in health. Scripture says, I would that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. God wants us healthy, but there are plenty of people who are just putting on some spiritual facade, but they're broken inside, and they refuse to let anyone in. The second quadrant is our masks. It's, I know you don't know. In other words, this talks about our secrets, our hidden places, right? I know what they are, but, but you don't know my secrets. Can I just tell you, we all have them. We all have them. And it's okay for, not to tell, for me not to tell everybody my secrets. That's not healthy. But somebody's got to know my secrets. Yeah. Listen, not everybody needs to know what you're dealing with, but somebody needs to know what you're dealing with. And what happens is we think our secrets are just for us and you can keep them to yourself, but you'll never get past them. Because things don't get better left to themselves. And some secrets are small and some secrets are big. But someone needs to know so that you can be healthy, so that you can be safe, and so that you can be accountable for what you're dealing with. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Now, I just want to say, I'm reading this out of the message translation. We normally don't use the message translation in here at Midtown, but it just says what I want it to say. So, y'all forgive me and don't tell Pastor Scott. So, 
It says this, we refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver or manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Have you ever heard, have you ever seen somebody do that? Well, um, you know, they're living in dysfunction. Well, this God, God's good with, God told me he's good with, no, that's contrary to the word of God. God's not, never goes against his word, right? Rather, we keep everything we do and, st- and say out in the open the whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. Listen, the first step to you finding freedom is to let someone in. And I know I hear it all the time. Well, I did that once before and that person betrayed me and told somebody else. Well, you probably didn't know this then. But we know it now. You went to the wrong person. Not everybody can be trusted. I don't, I don't tell everybody my secrets. But I've got two or three people in my life that I can call at any time and talk to them about what I deal with because they already know. But just because somebody betrayed you or wounded you through vulnerability in the past shouldn't keep you from what God wants for you in the future. How many of you, you ever been to a restaurant and had a really, really bad meal, right? And you walked out of there and you said, I'm never coming here again, right? I have. Can I just tell you, I never went to that restaurant again, but I went to other restaurants. Just because you had a bad experience with somebody doesn't mean that everybody's bad. Right? you got to open that door so that you can be healthy. Don't let someone that was unhealthy, unhealthy keep you from something that God wants to use to get you healthy. We need healthy relationships. Friendship is born. Listen to this quote by C.S. Lewis. This is a great quote. Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another... What? You too? I thought I was the only one. Let me read that again. C.S. Lewis. Friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. The biggest lie of the enemy, the biggest lie of Satan is to convince us that we're not like everybody else. Because if he can convince us we're not like everybody else, then he can convince us that nobody can help us. Right? Right? And that nobody will understand us. It is a lie. It's a trick of the enemy to keep us stuck. James chapter 5 verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So we have the arena, which is uh, our public side. We have our masks, which is our secrets. And then... We have our blind spots. I don't know, but you know. In other words, it's so much easier for me to see your issues than it is for me to see my own. Right? Like, I can point yours out quick. You want me to start? (laughs) But I don't always see my stuff. You know how it is. It's kind of like the spinach in somebody's tooth. (laughs) You see it, but they don't. Uh, you know, or you, somebody's got something in their nose and you're talking to them and, and you just kind of start doing like this. and Like, it's your way of going, you got a booger. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, 
you know, and they don't get the hint. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, but they don't know. I care when people love me enough to be honest with me about something I can't see in myself. Oh, it's uncomfortable. It really is. It's uncomfortable when somebody points something out that I didn't see. And I got to be honest, there are times when my first reaction can be resistance. Like, what? I, I, don't, I don't think that's right. But here's what I know. If they really love me, it was probably just as hard for them to say it to me as it was for me to hear it from them. About a year ago, Pastor Scott and I had a little tussle. He was wrong, I was right, but that's that, <laughs> beside the point, beside the point. No, seriously, he, we had this little, I don't even remember what it was about, but it was just a moment. And later on that afternoon, or maybe the next day, Pastor Scott texted me and said, hey, why don't you come by the house? Let's talk. Okay. So I get there and he goes, hey, let's go in the back patio. Okay. Now, you know, my dad used to have this thing that he would do when I was in trouble where he'd say, go in your room. And I'll be there in a minute. And then he'd go in his bathroom. I promise you that man was just clanging belts together to just, like, he's like clanging belts so I knew what I was about to get, right? That's kind of like what I felt like. Uh, come to the house. That's step one. Right? Now let's go to the patio. Oh, no, 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 not the patio. Not the patio. And Pastor Scott sat down with me. And he told me something about myself. I just never saw. I, I, I was wrong in the area. And instead of accepting responsibility, I started projecting it elsewhere. And Pastor Scott very lovingly, but with strength, pointed something out in me that I just didn't see. I got in my car that day. And I remember being so, so grateful that he did the hard work to just be honest with me, to help me. I know it wasn't easy for him. And I got to be honest, it wasn't comfortable for me. But I promise you I'm better for it. I'm better for it because he loved me enough to be honest with me so that I could be better than I was. Right? Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6 says this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Better are the kisses of an enemy. Better than the kisses of an enemy. So, the arena is our public life, masks, our secrets, blind spots. Is I, you can see what I can't see. And then lastly, our potential. And that says this, I don't know and you don't know either, but we're just wanting to get better and help hopefully figure out what our next step is pretty much. right? It's our potential. This is the part that God knows. We may not see it and know it, but I still have the potential that God's not done with me yet. And God's going to, if I continue to work on myself, God's going to reveal some things to help me get better. Listen, don't be satisfied where you are. Keep working on yourself. Keep, bring somebody else into the equation. There's a passage of scripture. I won't read it. If Pastor Scott was here, he could quote it. I'm going to make it up kind of, sort of. 
It's from, it's from 1 Corinthians 12. It's talking about the church, that we're all part of one body, right? And it starts talking about, you know, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The foot can't say to the arm, I don't need you. Because all the members, if we're going to be healthy, all the members of the body need each other. And let me just tell you, I can't tell Evan I don't need him because there are times when I'm going to need him. I can't tell you I don't need you. Because I don't know when I'm going to need you. But if you're part of my family, if you're part of my spiritual family, I just want you to be there when I need you. The enemy wants to convince us that we can do it all by ourselves, and that is a lie. It's a lie. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. We are good for each other even when it hurts. We are good for each other even when it's messy. God wants to do some things in you, and God wants to do some things in me. It's probably going to require bringing somebody into the equation. I'll wrap up with this. It is a need of us in our human nature that we all want to be needed and we all want to be known. We all, don't you want to feel like you're needed for something? We all want to be needed. Can I just tell you, we need you. Maybe you should volunteer, get on a team so you can fulfill that need to be needed. Listen, we need ladies in the nursery. We need greeters at the door. We need ushers. We need, there's different places we have a need for you. And then everybody wants to be known. Listen, get in a group. Let somebody know you. We're glad you're here on Sunday mornings. But I promise you, as good as these rows are, There's something different that happens when you get in that little circle and there's vulnerability and there's openness and there's honesty and you don't, you're not going to be vulnerable the first session. That's going to take some time for you to trust, right? That's okay. But I promise you, if you will just take a step toward relationships, I promise you God's going to honor it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we're a part of a spiritual family. God, thank you. Lord, that you want to do something in each of our lives. God, I thank you for where we are. But God, I know that you always have more for us. And Father, I pray, God, that you would help us to let go of our egos and let go of our pride and be willing to be vulnerable and just go, hey, I I need some help in my marriage. I'm going to join a marriage group. Hey, I I need need to partner with some other men. I'm going to get in a men's group. But whatever the group is, Father, I pray, God, that you would bring us from where we are to a healthier place. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.